Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. That's not Derek. What? That's not Derek. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It is. How you doing, John? I'm doing really well. How are you doing? <laughs> Too shabby. <laughs> <laughs> Derek is actually out being a ski bum this week. I know. Uh, what a guy, eh? Dude's yeah. got to get his priorities straight. I tell you what, yeah. I mean, I'm saying, hey, Derek, come to the Everglades. We'll go paddling. He's like, I got to go skiing. Yeah, he's got to go skiing. And he doesn't know if he's going to the Canoe Copia yet or not. And <sighs> I tell you. You see what I got to deal what? with up here? I know. It's rough. On, it's, it's rough on you, man. It's rough. It's, I, I deserve to be paid for this job. <laughs> I'm going to talk to me and see if I can get a raise. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Hang on. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, let me know how that conversation goes. <laughs> Uh, uh, off the top of the show, I want to mention something right off the bat. Our buddy Jerry Vandiver has a brand new CD out. Uh, Jerry does the, when he's not doing the, the country music, making billions of dollars thing, he does all <laughs> the, uh, paddling songs and CDs and stuff, which I think I've got every one of his so far. And the amount of times that I have them with me when I see him, I've never gotten any of them autographed. <laughs> I'm there, you know. <laughs> so, uh, so Jerry Vandiver has a new CD out called "The Middle of Somewhere," and it is available uh, yesterday, Wednesday. It was available on iTunes, so go buy it, go check it yeah. out. Um, I think that we actually put a link up on our Facebook page uh, with a. There's the picture of the new album. Um, you just click on the link that's in that and uh, it'll take you right there and you can go check it out, listen to a few snippets. And if you like it, uh, buy a copy, help support our local paddling musicians. Yeah. He's, you know, he's such a great guy and, and it's not just, you know, like when we were doing the Yukon journey thing, he was like, Oh, if you want to use some of my music, go ahead. I mean, obviously you, I mean, we didn't even ask. He just offered, you know, he's, he's a great guy. Yeah. The other thing yeah. that's really cool about him. He does a lot of dog rescue stuff. Oh, he does. And so, you know, he'll he'll be taking these long trips to get, you know, uh, dogs between different homes and everything. He is the nicest guy. He's one of those genuinely nice guys that, you know, you in the paddling community, you just feel lucky to know. Well, when we first started the podcast, he sent me a message introducing himself. I'm Jerry Vandiver. I do songs. And that. If you guys want to put any of your stuff on the on your show, use any of your, the songs feel free. And we've, we've played some of his songs. I mean, we make sure we tell, you know, this is Jerry Vandiver, this is a song and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And uh, a few people have said, Hey, that's really cool. And I think they bought his albums and stuff like that. When we went down to, through Nashville and everything this past, uh, was that August, September, August, mm -hmm. September, <laughs> fall. <laughs> um, we, we met up with Jerry and he, he's salt of the earth guy for sure. And we were going to make meet up with him on one day. And he says, yeah, I can't do it until after a certain time because that's what he was. He had a, uh, a dog rescue that yeah. he had, he had yeah. to look after some stuff there first before he could, yeah. uh, so yeah, you know, I doing that sort of stuff and you watch him on Facebook. If you're, if you're one of his friends on Facebook, every so often you'll see a post, um, he's driving, you know, a couple of dogs or some puppies or something up to Ohio or Wisconsin or Michigan, New York, wherever to, to different yeah. pounds because people want them sort of thing. So it's awesome. Yeah. Really great guy. Really great guy. So, uh, yeah, support him and uh, buy some of his albums. Um, I've yeah. heard some good of the songs on the new one. 
And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be getting that one. I, I, I think actually Alan, um, Alan Drummond from um, Kingdom Outdoor Products, he, you may have seen some of his Facebook live videos on our, our Facebook lately. And yeah. uh, he he actually stopped in and he's, he wasn't too sure because he's never met um, Jerry really. And mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, he won't, you know, just tell him you know me and you work with us and all that sort of. Uh, yeah, and he's he actually, <laughs> going down, he stopped in and, and uh, met up with Jerry. And then coming back, he, he met up with him again. And um, great, great guy. Yeah. Really, really accommodating and, and everything. So. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's great. And if, if, um, if you don't know him and, and you're hearing us talk about Jerry Vandiver, it's spelled like Van Diver. Yes. D-I-V-E-R. So if you're, if you do look for him, uh, look, Van Diver is kind of how, uh, I guess, phonetic spelling. Yeah. But yeah. He's a great guy and, and great music and, you know, you can't say more than that. No, not at all. So, so check out Jerry Vandiver's new album, Middle of Somewhere. Uh, it's on iTunes right now, and uh, go check it out and just buy it. Just buy it, then yeah. check it out. Yeah. Or buy <laughs> us a copy and send it to us. Yeah, and if you buy a copy and send it to us, you can autograph it first and then send it to us. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works, right? Yeah. Um, let's see, other than going nuts with scheduling multi- things around here lately I really haven't been getting a lot out of the normal done this is a yeah. really really busy time uh, I'm actually we are my wife and I are heading to the weekend in the wild wild in Algonquin Park of this coming weekend oh, nice. uh, it's it's family day up here in Canada you guys don't have that down there do you we don't and and I think I mentioned before on one of the podcasts it was like family day and I thought oh that's just you know like a little thing that that uh, Algonquin Park does. And then I saw it on, on my calendar. I put all of the Canadian, you know, like you can click the button to have all the Canadian holidays added to right. my calendar. Yeah. And I figured, geez, I'm going over, you know, see you guys so much and everything these days. I'll, I'll do that. And it family day popped up on there and I'm like, oh, cool. It's an actual holiday. Yeah. You're supposed to spend with your family. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't really say it's spend your time with your family day weekend. It could be the get away from your family day weekend. That could be, yeah. Or your your camping family day weekend. Right. Yeah, it was never really specified, so it's open to interpretation. <laughs> so, uh, Trace and I are leaving half our family at home to do whatever they want to do, and we're heading up there to do some camping. Awesome. Um, yeah, some, you know, we get away and do our winter camping thing. And she just got a brand new pair of snowshoes, her very right. own after she broke mine last year. <laughs> I, I, I let her use, I push comes to shove. I broke a pair of mine as well. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone from three pairs to one. Um, wow. ah, they were old ones. Uh, the ones I broke actually are a, a wooden set. Uh, they were older, but mm-hmm. where they broke, you can't repair. Uh, so oh, I kind of okay. sucks. Oh, that means I just got to get a new pair of wooden snowshoes, which is cool. Yep. Uh, yeah, oh. we're going to go up and do some snowshoeing oh. and some hiking and hanging with all our friends and stuff like that. Do a little bit of skating on the rink and uh, just some general relaxation because we needs it. And uh, <laughs> Yeah. But you've been doing a lot of winter camping lately. So 
we're going to make this a John yeah, Van Berger evening because we're going to talk about a whole oh, bunch dude. of stuff that you've <laughs> you been lost, doing. You just lost at least half the audience. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to do that, but let's let's make it a a pseudo winter camping evening. It'll be a How's pseudo that? because we actually do have one thing before Derek left. He said, oh, check this out. And I think he thinks we're going to talk about it when he's back next week and he's going to be sorely disappointed. <laughs> so we do have one thing at the, uh, we'll stick in probably near the end of the show, uh, water related. <laughs> uh, oh, are we going to talk about this this week? No, we talked about that last week when that's you right. decided to go but, skiing. <laughs> that's right. But thank you for the tip. Yeah. Thanks buddy. Hey, here's to Derek. <laughs> so John. Tell us about the winter camping rendezvous. I can do that. Uh, so this was up in uh, Birchwood, Wisconsin, and it's put on by Rhonda Reynolds and some of her friends. Right. And it's a lot of the people that were over at the, the winter camping symposium. But whereas the symposium, you know, had the, the presentations and, you know, like Kevin Callan was a keynote speaker and such. This one was more just show up, have a good time. And so they, uh, Rhonda rents out a park up there and they go ahead and she pays them to plow out. Uh, cause I mean, like it's out there, it's out in the middle of nowhere and she pays them to go in and, and plow out until the weekend of the event. And then now they'll just kind of let it go. So this was, uh, what, about a week and a half ago. Okay. So, yeah. So there were, I think. 30-some tents, it completely filled up the campground, uh, over 60-some people. And apparently, it was uh, this was my first year, and they said it was twice as many as last year. So the question is, is that because, you know, winter camping is really going through a boom, or is it because it was negative 40 last year? <laughs> or everybody heard that you were showing up this year. Yeah, 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 that yeah, was it. That's <laughs> what it is, buddy. It was all about you. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, I find my, my parents wouldn't even show up if that was the case. <laughs> uh, I find that a lot of people, yeah, we're all going to these these events, but once they see the temperature closer to the day and they say, "Oh, it's going to be minus, you know, whatever," ooh, yeah. that's too cold for me. And then all of a sudden, all these sites become open. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if it was minus forty last year, then uh, that's Fahrenheit, right? Right. Yeah, because we got we, we got to remember this uh, this this translation between Fahrenheit and Celsius. We'll we'll help each other with that. But you know the cool thing is negative forty is the is the crossover point. Oh, is it? Yeah, I'll so believe you. We can talk about <laughs> negative forty, and we don't have to say anything. <laughs> you know, That's, I think is 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 funny with this too. Is you know because when we're going through and we're we're making these you know. Uh, Oh, well, negative 10 Celsius is 14 Fahrenheit. You know, when we're doing these, um, conversions. Yeah. The, <laughs> you think when you're in high school, it's like, ah, why do I need to learn this? I'll never, I'll never <laughs> have to know this. <laughs> well, right. Here's why. <laughs> Cause 40 Fahrenheit is four Celsius. Mm-hmm. But negative 40 is negative 40. Oh yeah. I forgot. I got to put that little negative in there. Don't I? Mm. Yeah, negative yeah. 40 is approximately Actually, negative 40. This, uh, the temps up there this time were, it was, it was close to, it was basically, uh, freezing. So it was, 
zero uh, Celsius and 32 Fahrenheit. And it was, you know, the days were, God, I mean, it was beautiful. And, and we had we had sun, which was kind of been in short supply lately. And mm-hmm. a lot of people got out. Uh, they had a big uh, snowshoe group go out. You know, and it was it was just a really good group of people, and and I think everybody there, a lot of people you recognized from the other event, right? And uh, when I pulled in, you know, that it was hard to find a site because I got up there a little bit later than I expected to, to the point where they actually had a pool going uh, of when I was going to show up. <laughs> uh, my friends, um, the uh, I got up there and was like, ah, we're looking for. Oh, wait a minute. There's an extra picnic table back in there. That's got to be a site because, you know, there's probably a foot and a half, two feet of snow on the ground. Right. And so, you know, I start to walk in. I'm like, yeah, I think this is one. Before I can do anything else, there are four peoples with shovels walking in and they're starting to dig out, uh, help me dig out a path in and then a a place to pitch my tent. Cool. And you got your new tent, right? Yeah, that that uh, I've got a snow trekker short wall. It's uh, nine by eleven and a half, mm-hmm. and uh, it's 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 great. I love it. So got it set up. Got the stove in there going, and yeah, it was wonderful. It was a great event. Cool. Uh, but that's what it's like here when we go up for New Year's and Family Day weekend. Like everybody's there, and you know everybody from different spots, and there's always some new people there. And, you know, the people you do know, you'll go, hey, where are you guys going tomorrow? Well, we're going to go do this trip, this trail, mm-hmm. or we're going to go, you know, to Mew Falls, or we're going to yeah. hike hike the, the rail line or something like that. And then you, mm-hmm. you know where everybody's going. You're like, hey, do you mind if we tag along? And, you know, because if you're going to do that as well, then everybody goes out as a giant group. And, you know, some people get back and they do dinners together. And then at the end of the night, everybody just gathers around a big bonfire and you know, has some yep. beverages and roast marshmallows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had a they had a big uh, chili dump um, kind of social hour uh, at this event, and so everybody brought something to dump in, and and then just uh, you know sat up talking, and and they had uh, snow trekker was there, and they brought like one of their huge tents. Okay, and they just came out. In fact, they just came out with a like a. Oh, I can't recall the name of it offhand. It's like a base camp, but, you know, like their extra large base camp. Brand new if you go to Snow Trekker Tents on Facebook. Somebody posted the picture of that yesterday. Why can't I yeah. think of who it was and what the name? Yeah, it's got a new name to it. Yeah. Yeah, and, I can't uh, remember that either. But, it, you know, it's gorgeous. It's like, wow, that is, you know, that's really cool. So, uh, but they had a, they had a big tent up there for, you know, people to kind of relax in and yeah, it was, it was awesome. So explain a chili dump. Cause I think your chili dump and my chili dump are two, oh. so- <laughs> <laughs> two Be totally very, different very things. Careful there, please. <laughs> what, well, you're way, saying everybody brings something to dump in. Uh, so you bring your own chili and then it gets all dumped into a large pot. So everybody makes up a little bit of chili, it goes into a big pot, gets cooked up, and then you have this, you know, basically it's like a one-of-a-kind meal, right? Because it can never be the exact same thing again. Oh. So that's a that's a chili dump. That's odd. <laughs> uh, so are, are they homemade chilies or somebody's just bringing cans of chili or? Homemade, yeah. So homemade. So everybody kind of does their own recipe and yeah. Yeah. Alrighty, and so, 
Yeah. So, so you don't know. I mean, the problem with that is, is you don't know if somebody's bringing really hot stuff. Right. I think it all, you know, it's, it all kind of evens out eventually. Right. Because there'll be some people that can't have hot, some people that love it. And yeah. Hmm. We should try that up here. (laughs) You should. I made whiskey chili and I just dumped a bottle of Jack in it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's all the chili. Here's my Jack Daniels. I just brought a bottle of Jack Daniels. (laughs) I just totally changed it up. (laughs) <laughs> they told me not to come back. I don't understand why. I don't understand why. <laughs> As they were all weaving in and out of the tents right. trying to figure where they were. The, um, um, by the way, the uh, Snow Trekker tent, is, it's called the Mega Crew. Mega Crew, okay, yeah. The Mega Crew, yeah. So it's it, pretty amazing. It's huge. And they had the but, big one yeah. there, yeah. So, no, it was a good, it was a good event. Um, stayed there until... Basically, uh, you know, one of the last people out around the fire and, and I went into my tent and the truck comes into the campground and, and I hear this, John, John, is that you? And it's a, it's a friend from the winter camping symposium, uh, Lee Hunter. Okay. And he was, he's actually a, a, a podcast listener, which is how we met over there because he, uh, we were chatting and. And uh, we talk about the podcast. He's like, I listened to that on the way up here. So, uh, but a really funny guy. So he came over. He was actually, he's over, lives in Minnesota, but he was over for, a, for an event nearby. So he dropped over late that evening and we went out and we, we threw a few more logs on the fire and, and sat out there and, and uh, just kind of caught up. And it was, it was great fun. You know, it's just one of those events where a lot of good people and, I'd go there again in a heartbeat. Uh, Faber S line six four six snowshoes. Yeah, you got to try so, a pair of those there. Yeah, so uh, I've always I've not used you know the traditional snowshoes. I've always had like some MSRs. Okay, and I really like what I like about those is a lot of the places I go. There's a lot of off camber, a lot of steep hills, and a lot of off camber. Right, and so. Uh, when I would go out with friends who had traditionals or sort of a, you know, like a standard pair of even the, the metal and plastic shoes, they would slide down these hills. And, and with these MSRs I've got, you know, you could just track straight across. So I always loved those. Dwayne uh, from Snow Trekker had a pair of these Fabers, and he got them. They're Fabers based up in Canada and ordered them from, from over there and got them down here and it's a combination it's you know it's almost like those shorty cross-country skis okay but they're snowshoes and they're long and narrow and they have a couple of areas on there where there's these little spikes that you can you know take on or off and it's it's a really interesting uh, it was great fun because you it it sort of messes with your head though when you're out walking you're like am i skiing or am i walking and they're, they're really cool. Um, I really liked them. They're, I think they'd be really good for like flat and gently rolling terrain. I think they'd be really good. So it'd be great think, for crossing a lake. Oh, yeah. Well, and they would have been down there, except we had we had so much slush on that lake because of the temperatures came up. Right. And, 
you know, you were out there and, and they would just get covered. You know, you'd, you'd step ahead and all of a sudden you were in and under that slush, you know? Yeah. So, I've been on a trip before like that where every foot you're, you're bringing it up and it's covered with slush going yep. across the lake and it's, yeah, it's just a hassle. It's a great workout, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not why I'm here. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's why I go to the gym. Not why I go winter camping. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Except I'd never go to the gym. So, you know, I do. Do you? Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. That's right. You mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm actually, yeah, I've been out of the gym for ages cause I got the shin splints mm-hmm. and it all comes down to, I think, um, basically I don't know how to run. <laughs> because I, because I used to do that, and that's when it, everything started. Uh, yeah, it was when I was doing the running, and uh, doing chatting with a couple of trainers and stuff like that. Apparently, the way I guess the way I run, my foot hits the the treadmill and stuff like that causes this, that, the other thing. I don't know, whatever. And uh, says, yeah, that's what's going to cause it because I'm not running properly. I guess I don't know. Okay. If a bear's chase me, I don't care. <laughs> but um, it's like, no, I don't have to run properly. I just have to I run. I just fast. have to run faster than one guy. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't. I really, I'm not a runner anyway. So um, I just got into the point where I'm just using the steep incline and fast walking. And mm-hmm. since I've started doing that and given up the running, I've not had the shin splint problems at all. So mm-hmm. yeah, to all these people running out there, ha. <laughs> all you people running that are going to live twice as long as us <laughs> yeah <laughs> didn't the guy who invented jogging die of a heart attack or something like that <laughs> yeah running i could watch people do that all day <laughs> so it's, it sounded like you had a really good time at the winter camping rendezvous then yeah it was it was great it was a lot of fun um again just you know beautiful it's it's that combination that you know, you'll have the same combination up at up at Mew, right? It's a beautiful yeah. place. You have cool people because not everybody does this, and so they have to, re- you know, really love the outdoors. They and they want to be out there doing this. And yeah, it was, I mean, a great event. And so I'm hoping to get up there next year as well. Cool, and it's in your home state. Yeah, yeah. So it's not. It was like a three hour drive this time. I was like, all right. Well, that's like from my house to Algonquin. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. So then I got uh my my second winter camping was this past weekend I went down to Illinois and uh down to northern Illinois where I grew up and went down to visit my parents. And I threw the uh threw the snow trekker in the trunk mm-hmm. and got down there and uh went out to my father in let's see, it would have been like the nineteen fifties, was a bow hunter. And he and some of his friends got together and they formed an archery club and they bought something like 80 acres out in a little town called Sherland, Illinois. And so they, the 80 acres backs up against a forest preserve down there, the Sugar River Forest Preserve. So this is this huge wooded area. And I went out there because it's an archery club. Nobody's out there using it, right? Nobody shoots in winter. Why not? Uh, pardon me? Why not? Because if you miss your target, your arrow goes under the snow and you never see it till spring. <laughs> eh, spring's not that far. <laughs> Get a leg up on so, your buddies in competition. 
<laughs> well, you know, and the thing, yeah, the thing is, if you're the first person out there, once you know thaws, you know, you could. Eh, you know. You're making a fortune selling the arrows back to your buddies, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you'd buck a piece. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I I went out there and and went in and and had the run of the place. So went out, took a took a polk down with me and loaded everything up and pulled it out a little ways, and just it was it was awesome <laughs> you know that's it's nice to be out around people but then you get this you know where you get the chance to be out completely on your own right and and that was you know that was great and i mean it was me and the coyotes and and uh, the owls and you know the coyotes were were uh, going a good part of the night so uh, every night that i was there so that was that was pretty great i see i've been i mean i've been solo canoe tripping and and camping and everything for ages i've mm-hmm. never winter camped alone mm. yeah it's you know i i mean it was enjoyable i liked it. and and i wasn't like you know totally alone i mean the coyotes and the owls <laughs> uh, <laughs> and i did hear it was really funny you know we, we've talked about the things that go bump in the night and everything yeah and i woke up somewhere around four in the morning and i hear this kind of like the step very cautious step and then a crunch you know, step crunch, step crunch, and I'm like, I wonder if the coyotes are out there um, checking out the tent, right? If this is something different because there's, you know, and so as I'm laying there, I'm like, well, I think I'm going to play them a little replacements <laughs> because I had, I had this great little speaker, and I had before I'd gone to bed, I was just out there and and had you know a little bit of replacements going, so I just cranked it up all of a sudden. And, you know, I didn't hear anything run or anything else. And I thought, oh, okay, well, you know, it either scared him out or it's, you know, a serial killer who's just holding his ground and waiting to come get me later. Uh, (laughs) But uh, then as I was laying there, I heard it again. And I realized what it actually was, was the wind blowing the tent. And it was, the movement was kind of a, and then when it would, it would kind of pop, you know, when it, when it hit the sort of the end of the, with the canvas. Right. Right. And so I had that. And it was like, Oh, there wasn't your anything out there. It was out to get you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's, you know, your mind plays tricks on you, you know, when you're out there, but, but it was, yeah, it was great. And I had a, actually I had a friend come out. Um, it was my birthday weekend. And so, uh, uh, an old friend from high school, that up until very recently, I hadn't seen since high school. So almost 40 years since wow. we'd been in touch. Yeah. And, and, you know, through Facebook, right, you have uh, a lot of people connect, you know, your high school uh, Are friends. you really that so, much older than us? I really am. Yeah. You're, so you're going on like 80 then. I am. I am <laughs> damn close to 80. Because <laughs> my big number is always 30. 30 oh, I years see. ago. 30 years ago. Yeah. No, we, we were talking about that and it was like, how long has it been since we, you know, since we've seen each other? And, uh, so, uh, so Chris came out, said hello and, you know, sat in front of a hot stove and had a few beverages and, you know, reminisced about the, you know, I'd say good old days, but they weren't, it's not been that long. It's not old. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, it was a good time. And so, you know, it was just that being out there and then the big storm moved in so we had this beautiful like gorgeous blue skies and then that big storm that kind of came through the central u.s and then pushed up into canada right we caught just the edge of that and so you know you're you're laying in the tent and in that morning and it's like 
yeah, wind is definitely coming up. And then it really starts going. You look out and it's just sideways snow. And, you know, the smoke from your, the, you know, the stovepipe is blowing straight across. It's not going up at all. And, uh, you know, it's like, oh, cool. So, yeah, so I got, uh, I, don't know, I think we got like three or four inches of snow then on top of it. So it was, it was great. Do you use a cover for your stovepipe so snow and rain doesn't come down? No. You know, I had, they have a spark arrestor with that. Mm-hmm. And the first weekend that I went out with it, 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 I had a really hard time getting a good draw. Well, that was up in uh, Algonquin uh, before uh, the winter camping symposium when I was up there. Right. And I really had a hard time getting a good draw of the stove. And I thought, geez, I must be doing something wrong here, you know? And I'm thinking, oh, what, what am I doing wrong? And I, I took it off at the, because I looked around at the winter camping rendezvous and nobody had them on. Mm-hmm. And I mean, nobody. And, uh, and fired up the stove and, and I didn't have any problem at all. So I know that, you know, for certain areas you, you need to use those, right? Certain, um, places where it's really dry and at altitude and such. Yeah. Uh, out West. But, but I tell you what, I, I wouldn't use it again and. And I just had it straight up and, and it was fine. See, I used ours because there was supposed to be some freezing rain and stuff like that. So I used it just to um, make sure none of it came down and put out the fire in the middle of the night sort of thing, right? Right. And I did that for a couple of days. And then the third day, uh, it's like I'd open up and the smoke was just sitting in there and billowed out into the tent. And you're just like dying, coughing from the smoke and all that. Mm. And I went and took out the spark arrestor just to check it. And yep. it probably had a good half inch plug oh, of soot and everything else from the, the wet wood and everything like that, that had just yeah. clogged it. But the minute I yeah. took that out, all of a sudden you see this big thing of smoke come right up the pipe. The, the, the wood inside the stove caught fire. It warmed up nicely in the tent again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's unbelievable how much that thing catches. Yeah. But what I noticed a, a lot of people that still use a spark arrestor do is the little grid pattern on the bottom of it that sticks into the actual pipe. Yep. They cut that out. Yeah. So the yep. only thing that's actually there is the cover part, mm-hmm. not the spark, not that really the spark. So any spark that's going to come up, you're hoping it hits that and bounces straight down or, right. or something yeah. like that. Right. Um, right. but yeah, that made a huge difference. You know, and, and I thought about that too, right. With, with leaving that on there, you know, but I think unless you really get a lot of rain, like heavy rain, yeah, you know, I, I think you're probably, you're probably okay without anything on there. There were, in fact, there were some people that even had, uh, as their stovepipe came out, it, they had it angled up. So they had like an elbow at the end of it too, which I noticed. Um, yeah, a few the- people have said to try that because then, yeah, you're just, um, this, it's nothing can come straight down. Yeah. Right. And, and you figure a certain amount of that by the, is, is going to just, you know, it's going to burn off as it, as it rolls down. Right. Yeah. Uh, with the heat. So, but yeah, it was, you know, it was, it was nice because I had this beautiful sunny day to go out and set up. And then the next day it was just this nice, you know, heavy storm came in and it was awesome. Yeah. So it sounds like you've had a couple of nice, uh, camping trips then. Yeah. Yeah. I got a lot of photos. Um, 
one of the things, and there's been a lot of people doing online that I'd really like to do, is make vinyl windows or doors for the tent. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's been the big thing lately, hasn't it? Yeah. And, you know, if, you, if you're looking on some of the, the Facebook winter camping groups, uh, you know, the Sontags, you know, the camping family, they're working on one right now. Kelly Grant Bosco was working on, uh, she made one, I think. And there's, there's a lot of people that are doing it. And you think, you know, it would have been awesome during the big storm, right? Yeah, just sit because, there inside looking out. Yeah. And, and you, you know, the, at night, and, and for example, when my friend came out, it was just unzipped. You know, you got the stove going so you can, you can just really crank up the stove, open the door, and if it's not snowing or raining, you know, you, you could still just look out and have this beautiful view. Right. Uh, when that's, you know, you get a blizzard like that, though, there's no way you could do that. So to have had that up and just be able to sit there and watch that, that would have been even more cool. So I... I think that's that's a project I've got coming up. I'm not sure if I'm going to get that one done this winter. I know that um, there's been so much demand that Snow Trekker is now making those for people. Yeah, you'd have to have the straight up and down door, though. Right. Like, ours yep. goes at an angle. Okay. Right, so sort of from the middle down to one side. Mm-hmm. So I don't think, and sort of the, the one big flap opens up. You don't have a door that parts into two sections. Okay. Oh, gotcha. Right. Yep. Uh, yep. I think you definitely need to have that style of door in order for that to work. Because if we did it on ours, mm -hmm. um, we would have like two massive doors and yeah. we'd have to, we'd have to flip out the one big flap of the thing and still have, it'd be like having a, a, a giant window on the front of our tent. <laughs> mm -hmm. It wouldn't yeah. be a door; it would be a whole wall. Yeah. Sort of thing. But yeah, it's I definitely know. it. It definitely adds to it. Yeah, I think uh, Snow Trekker said that they're not they they don't have it up online right now. But if somebody contacts them and says, "Hey, I'd really like to get one of these for my tent," it's set up and and if you get a Snow Trekker, they have an option to go ahead and put in like uh, a mosquito door. For the right. spring, you know, for the three seasons. And that attaches by Velcro. So what they're doing with these is it's a vinyl door uh, with Velcro edges sewn on. And then that fits in there that way. And then and I think it's up the middle. Yeah. And so you're able yeah. to still use it as a door, but you can, you know, sit there and look outside. So I think they're, they're it's about 250 for the door. I'm not sure of the, the price on the, you know, the windows. Like I have a small window on the back of my tent and, right. and I'm definitely going to put one in there too because it's just, you know, it's it's wonderful to be able to, you know, I, I, I think a lot of people too, you know, when you're walking around, when you walk around Mew this next weekend, you know, all the doors and everything that are open, I mean, people keep those open because their stoves are so hot, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But even, cool. even if, if, like when we sit there, in our tent, but if we're not moving too quickly in the mornings, uh, we'll be sitting there on the beds and, uh, you know, reading or, or, you know, cooking breakfast, something like that. So to be able mm -hmm. to have a, a vinyl door that you can see when you're doing your breakfast or whatever, and you can say, Oh, there goes such and such. They're heading out to wherever, or somebody's coming onto your site and then everything like it's totally dead quiet in the tent because yep. you're trying to listen to who's coming up to the tent sort of thing. <laughs> At least this way you would see. 
It's like having an open door, right? On a trailer yeah. or something. Well, and then you could do those sexy little striptease dances that you do out camping. Why well, do it either way? <laughs> just, <laughs> it'd just be warmer. It'd be like striptease <laughs> under glass. <laughs> I, I don't see the problem here. <laughs> uh, so speaking of gear. Yes. Let's talk um, camp pads, sleeping pads. Yeah. Because I know you were checking one out, and there's something new about uh, about sleeping pads. So let's talk about which one you were checking out here. Well, I picked up, and, and right now, and the reason I even sort of mentioned it like to you earlier was that there's a couple of really good gear buys right now. And one of them is the 2018 Thermarest Mondo King pad. Now this is, it's a winter camp pad. It's insulated. It's it has a pretty high R value, which is that, um, you know, the, the new, well, we, we can talk about the standard. Yeah. We'll talk that. about the new standard in a minute, but it's, it's well insulated and it's more of a car camping pad, but it's it's great for winter. I've taken it out. I've used it. It's nothing you want to pack. It's nothing you want to haul. But it's a pad that right now is bouncing around the eighty or ninety dollar range right now. So if if somebody's looking for a winter pad that they're not going to take into the backcountry, this is pretty good. It's a it's a good buy. It's probably about half of its original retail value. And I used it the last couple of times I've gone out, I've taken that and, and have been really pleased with it. Now, is this the Mondo King or the Mondo King 3D? Is there a difference between the two? I, mine is the Mondo King 3D, but I think I just said Mondo King, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know there was a, a separate Jeez. one. It's hard to find good help. I tell you, Derek. See, Derek, <laughs> Derek's laughing right now. He's like, Jesus, guys. My job's safe, he says. That's right. <laughs> Look at this amateur thing. He's better That's than right. me when he's he just like He left out me. the 3D. Yeah, what a guy. Yeah. Um, so when you look at, okay, what do we say this was? Uh, sectionhiker.com. Mm -hmm. They have this, so... Yeah, so this 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 new winter camping pad brought up the 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 discussion about the new R value system they now have with sleeping pads. So a, a while back, sleeping bags uh, were basically whatever company was making the bags. Is our bags this good? And our bags that good? Is rated for this? It's rated for that. Yep. But one. A fine example, I I hate ordering stuff online. I ordered a shirt and looking by, I think, oh, I'll get a large. And then mm -hmm. going by their little um, measurement scale on their website, apparently I needed a 2XL. Mm -hmm. I know I'm not the slenderest kid in the class, but I didn't <laughs> think I was a double XL. And then when it came, I definitely needed a 4XL. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Uh, anybody that's listening, all the people in China are hobbits. Because <laughs> that's where it came from. And if I'm a, dog, a quad XL, they, they're hobbits. I'm sorry. It's, that's my conclusion. 
so yeah, the same sort of thing is like what one person says, the company says is, is their rating is not equal to anybody else's. So yeah. with the sleeping bags, they came up with one cross industry standard. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got to rate it on this standard. This allows the consumer to then look at, well, I'm looking at this sleeping bag. I'm looking at this sleeping bag. I'm looking at this sleeping bag and the ratings will be equal on all these bags. Like you can compare them. Yes. Yeah. It's now it's an apples to apples thing. Exactly. Yeah. You had no idea. And you know, like you said, you weren't sure what they were doing. Some of them didn't even use the R values. You know, they would just use a temperature rating. And then when you see the temperature, my thought on the temperature rating was, always you know so if they say this is a let's just say a 32 degree fahrenheit bag right my sense on that always is it's probably more like a 42 fahrenheit bag you know mm-hmm. I, I always felt like there was about a 10 degree play there um the marketing <laughs> the marketing play you know yeah but now you can compare these you know side by side and have an actual legitimate comparison well, and it has to be like that when it comes to the pads and that. I mean, your sleeping system, I mean, that's, your sleeping can make or break a trip. Oh, yeah. You Absolutely. know, if you, if you have a bad sleep, you know, you get up the next day and if you're, I mean, if you're supposed to be paddling 20 kilometers and mm-hmm. you've not slept well, your back is sore or, you know, your hip is sore because you've been laying on your side and it's just, you know, the cold's gotten into your lower back or something you're not going to have a fun day paddling that 20 kilometers or 20 miles or whatever you're doing. Right. So actually that would be just, you know, if we're going to, you know, we're going to go on our conversions, Mm -hmm. that would be a little over 12 miles. Yeah. Huh? How about that? You got that up on your computer, don't you? Somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) You got the computer rating, don't you? I was just going to say, you know, like my high school math and science teachers would be really proud right now. But yeah, I Googled it. Oh, it is. They would not be as proud as the day I used the Pythagorean theorem. (laughs) A squared plus B squared equals C squared, baby. Yeah, I'm sure my math teacher was looking for my phone number to give me a call. Well done, my boy. Well done. Um, so yeah, so they've come up with this thing. If you go to sectionhiker.com, uh, they're talking about this here and it gives all these different, it gives a ton of different, uh, sleeping pads here and it shows the old rating versus the new rating. Now I use a Thermarest Pro Light Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been using one of those for years. It was rated as a 3.4 on this R-value scale, and now it's a 3.2. Yeah. There was one that was rated an an 11.4. Oh, guess which yeah, one? Yeah, that's the Mondo King. <laughs> the Mondo yeah. King 3D. It was rated at an 11.4, which you're thinking, that's awesome. Right. Under the new apples to oranges, apples to apples thing here, it's yep. only a 7. Right. But now, now you say it's only a seven, but go ahead and look down that list. Oh yeah. Um, There's twos, twos, 3.8. You know, yeah. So that's seven's a, pretty as, good. As, as I'm looking at it, I think it, there's an X-Ped down mat. That's a seven one. There's an X-Ped down mat XP nine, which is a 7.8. And that's, a, I think that's one that a lot of people like to take out back country. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to look at that, um, for some, stuff I'd like to do next year. That's a 7.8, but you know, the rest of them, 
are are down below that. Uh, XPEG does have the Mega Mat, and I now I've not seen this, and I don't know what the weight is on it. That's a ten point six. By well, the and then they got the Mega Mat Max fifteen and the Mega Max, a uh, Mega Mat Max Duo fifteen at ten point six. Can you know the duo? I wonder what that thing weighs too, right? Oh, you know what? That's a car camping thing, man. Oh God! Because you know it's for two people, right? Right. Either that, or you know, if you take it, throw it in a trailer behind the snow machine and pull it out. Yeah, (laughs) it's for taking the kids for a lap around the field in the snow snowmobile. That's that's right. So you know what? It's really good that they're doing this sort of thing. So as a rule of thumb, you know, your mats can be broken down into three categories: the summer, three season, and winter. Uh, using this new, it's the ASTM F334018R value system. So the summer one is, they're, they're, they're just roughly saying, for a summer pad, you're going to be a value of 0.1 to 2, somewhere in there. And they're okay. aimed at temperatures of no lower than 5 degrees Celsius, which is... 41, 41? Fahrenheit. Yeah. A three-season... <laughs> goes from 2.0 to 4.5. And these are in the temperature range of 10 to minus 10 Celsius. So that would be 50 Fahrenheit down to 14 Fahrenheit. Okay. And then don't, you feel good? don't you feel very sciencey right now? Oh, using the smarticle particles, buddy. <laughs> and if it wasn't for Google, people would believe us. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then the third one is the winter one, which should have a value of 4.5 and higher. The colder the temperature, the higher the R value you will require. Uh, so minus 10 Celsius and below. Yeah. You know, that's uh, that's where those go from. Uh, often combined with closed cell foam mats in extreme temperatures. So you put mm-hmm. the, now I've, I have a blue foamy with the silver bottom. And yes. then I'll put my mat on top of that. And then my sleeping bag on top of that. Sometimes I'll put a, even put like a wool blanket between the pad and my sleeping bag mm-hmm. and then another wool blanket on t- if I'm winter camping and I'm like out from a car, not, not pulling right. everything in. Yep. Um, yep. just to, you know, keep it just that much more toasty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it definitely is a good step to be coming up with this one standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they say, the, the adaption, uh, adoption of the sleeping bag temperature rating uh, standard had a similar effect and it spurred competition and innovation. So, you know, I mean, you may end up finding out there's a lot of companies going, oh, well, we're way down here. We need to be way up here. Let's get our R&D guys working on this and new things yeah. may come out. Yeah. So it's a win-win for all of us, I'm thinking. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Absolutely. It's, you know, it's, when you're looking, particularly with that, right? Because when you start winter camping, that's one of the things where you're, you know, I think that's to a lot of people too. They're a little nervous of, you know, those first times they go out and well, what, do, what exactly do I need? Mm-hmm. And with those contradictory or, you know, again, apples to oranges comparisons, this is, this is a great thing. This is yeah. really nice. So, uh, I mean, you can just Google, uh, 2020, 20, sleeping pad R value um, in Google or if you go to sectionhiker.com they have this I like this one because it has a list of all these different uh, sleeping pads with the old and new ratings already there so you can Mm -hmm. see if yours how yours measures up to the rest of them and 
whether you're good with yours or you might want to start thinking, ooh, maybe yeah. mine's not as good as I thought it was. Yeah. You know, my uh, I have my, my standard camp pad that I take out, like on the Yukon journey and everything, is an old Thermarest Deluxe model from 19, I think it was 1990 that Ooh. I purchased that. Yeah. Wow. And it's still holding up. I, you know, I took it out the, that, uh, the entire Yukon journey this last time it's, it's been my go-to. And, um, so, you know, I, I will never know what the real, like that was before they were even using our values at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I would love to, I just kind of would love to know what that is, you know? Well, hopefully they'll. Well, yeah, if it's that old, I don't. Yeah. I think I don't think you'll find out, unfortunately. <laughs> now I, I may just look and, and compare models and see, you know, is there anything new that's similar to that, to, just to get a sense. But, you know, I've been using that for years and have, you know, it's held up for thirty years. That's that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, sometimes the older stuff is is good. I mean, nothing says you have to have the newest and best of right. everything, right? Right. Right. Uh, before we take a break here, you had one other little piece of gear that you wanted to yeah. talk about. Yeah. The, it, and it was just something else I noticed that was kind of a good buy right now. The, it's that solar powered speaker I've mentioned in the past on the podcast. Mm-hmm. It is, uh, Eaton makes it E-T-O-N and it's called the Rugged Ruckus. It is... What, one of the things I like about this, and I know people are like, oh, no, not speakers in the back. You know, what? And, and I, I hear you, and I get it. The thing I like about this is it's very directional. So you can have this plane and, and aim toward you, and people on the other sites won't even know that you have this, which right. is the thing. You know, one of the things I love about it. The solar-powered piece is also really nice because not only does it power the speaker, but then you can use that to charge a a cell phone or something, if you know. So if you have an emergency, no, I'm not a cell phone in the back under. <laughs> right, I know, I know. There's just like everything down the line. Somebody... Everything's just losing on this one. <laughs> That's right. Uh, generally, it sits around sixty dollars, and right now they're bouncing somewhere around the eighteen dollar mark. Hmm. And so I have two, and I have purchased two that are sitting on the shelves. <laughs> Because at eighteen dollars, it's like you know what? I'll wait till the next one dies and pull that out and use that because it's just that good. It's just a really nice unit. So yeah. Well, I mean, so if anybody's out there looking for something and something that they can enjoy responsibly, Sean, I never bring music in the backcountry, and if I do, yeah. I usually take a pair of earbuds. Mm-hmm. But having said that, when you're looking at these little speakers, nothing says you have to be blaring it. Right, exactly. You know, I mean, you can play music yep. quietly next to your head or something that while you're laying in your sleeping bag in the tent and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, you definitely don't want to be one of those people that have the music blaring in your canoe while you're crossing the lake sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Or on you your site or that, whatever. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you know, I, and I like it because uh, I listen to a lot of audiobooks with mm-hmm. it. And that's, in fact, when I was setting up the, the tent this last weekend, you know, I just listened to, uh, there was a book on the replacements and, uh, my, one of my favorite bands out of Minneapolis. And I just, I had that going for hours. It was awesome. Yeah. You got me into this audible.com thing here <laughs> and I was checking out a couple of books, just doing some research on things. Oh, I'll get this one. Cause this seems like a, a good one and, uh, downloaded it and, oh, this book is like nine and a half hours. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, that's yeah. different. <laughs> <laughs> the, but yeah, book, it's it's cool. This book I'm listening to uh, is called Trouble Boys, and it's it's really well done. It is over sixty some chapters long. Wow. Yeah. See, we need to get Derek Derek's book club. Ooh. We need to change it to Derek's Audible book club <laughs> because then he could just listen to a book, and then. Mm-hmm. Instead, you know, then he could, instead of having to read it, he can listen to it. Yeah, I got a book for you. Derek's Audible Book Club. Hmm. Could work. It could work. Yeah. Is there pictures in it, Derek? No idea. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a couple more things before we call it an evening. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Sean Rowley, and you're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. To find out more about us, check out our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Current and past episodes of our podcast can be downloaded or streamed from iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page of our website. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a line on Facebook or our website. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka and Halliburton. Welcome back. So, John, the Yukon journey is getting closer. We are, what, 114 days away? Yeah, about. We're uh, we're doing that countdown online and, and getting ready. We're, you know, doing, making gear purchases and such now and working out some of the details. And this, you know, this is the expensive part of the trip, right? I mean, there's gasoline going up there and... Uh, it really, you know, you look at the trip, it's not that expensive. Right. But then you say, oh, I need a backup camera or I need a backup this or I need to get the, you know, and, and right now I'm in that phase. So it's all the new gear purchases. Yeah. Cause you know, you also have to get it in time that you can use it a little bit before you get up there. Yeah. And so you have some idea what you're doing with it. But. Well, you don't want to get up there, find out you, this is how it works. And then you realize, oh, I supposed to press that button too. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That, or you know, you get up there and find out that it. Oh, there's a problem with this unit. It actually doesn't work. I need to return it to the store, <laughs> and now we're just hauling it along the Yukon on a little trip. That's right. It's going on a vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that's what we're working on right now, and and we've got uh, we've been working on some things kind of in the background here that we'll be, again, we'll be announcing soon. We're not quite ready to do that yet, but. Uh, it's getting close and we're getting really excited about it. Cool. And we're sharing your um, updates on our Facebook page, the Paddling Adventures Radio Facebook page. I know you're mm-hmm. putting them on your uh, Yukon Journey uh, Facebook page. And uh, if you go to yukonjourney.org, you can find out some of the stuff that's going on. Yep. Uh, and but then yeah. we have and, uh, John Van Writer on Instagram. If you go to John Van Writer, we've got the, the full countdown up 
up there as well. So. Okay. And I think we're, what, you say 114 days, were we saying? Uh, 116 was, was posted today. Okay. So yeah, about, 100, yeah, about 115 somewhere in there anyway. Mm-hmm. As of the day when this is, uh, if you're listening to this on the day it was released, the Thursday it was released, then yeah, 115 days away then. Mm. Getting close, dude. Four <laughs> months away. Four. Ooh. Getting close. Dun, yeah. dun, dun. And yeah. hopefully when we're, when, when we're, when you're up there, mm-hmm. um, I'm really looking forward to seeing if, if, uh, you can do some of those Facebook live things. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'd be cool, be cool when you're in Dawson, if you can hook up with, uh, Yukon Steve, our good, yeah. our good pal, Yukon Steve up there in his backyard, rather than him being down here in our backyard. Yeah. Uh, you can actually hook up with him and have a little chat about Dawson and everything up there, do a little look around and see what can be done, but that'll be cool. That'll be cool if we get uh, a chance to do that. Yeah. So yeah, he seems like a nice guy. Oh, he's great. Absolutely great. So yeah. Um, other than that, yeah, so we'll, we'll wait for more updates from you as time goes on. Sounds good. Uh, the only other thing that I have, and it's not even mine, it was Derek's. <laughs> so this is, this is what Derek gets for not being here. We're using his topic without him. <laughs> uh, if he has anything to add to it, he can add it next week. That's right. When everybody's already Googled what we're talking about, know everything about it already. So that'll learn you, Derek, for going skiing. <laughs> Fluvial tsunami. Never heard of it before till Derek sent me this email. Uh, doing some research, I found out that in 2012, the Mississippi River ran backwards for 24 hours in the aftermath of Hurricane Isaac. Force of the hurricane was so strong it. Uh, started pushing the river, uh, water backwards, um, hmm. in the wrong direction, basically. But I mean, that was, was a hurricane. February 7th, 7th. A great day, by the way. Your birthday. Could be. 1812. Not uh, my birthday. A couple <laughs> hundred years before your birthday. <laughs> So I'm thinking, well, this is just a long time ago. It's, you know, whatever. But when I started looking into this and reading the research on it, mm-hmm. February 7th, 1812, the most violent in a series of earthquakes near Missouri caused a fluvial tsunami in the Mississippi River, actually making the river run backwards for several several hours series of tremors, which took place between December, 1811 and March, 1812. So this wasn't just one, there was all these different tremors and, and earthquakes that happened. Mm-hmm. And then in February, sort of the middle, uh, cl- close to the middle end of it, all of a sudden this fluvial tsunami. So all the, 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 the water started rushing back up the Mississippi. Amazing. The unusual seismic activity began about, uh, uh, they say on 2, 2 a.m. on December 16th, 1811. A strong tremor uh, rocked the New Madrid re- region. And at 7.15 a.m., an even more powerful one, uh, which had an estimated magnitude of 8.6. 
just to show you how strong that is. This tremor knocked people off their feet. Many people ex experienced nausea from the extensive rolling of the earth. This earthquake mm. caused fissures, some as uh, much as several hundred feet long to open up the earth's surfaces. Large trees were snapped in two. Sulfur leaked from the underground pockets. Riverbanks vanished, flooding thousands of acres of forest. So this was just the second of the series. January 23rd, 1812, an estimated 8.4 magnitude quake struck in the nearly the exact same location. So, you know, there's something going on there and there. Yeah. Well, you know, the, I grew up about an hour and a half from the Mississippi. Right. And when I was a kid, now granted it wasn't, you know, 1812, but when I was a kid. 1813. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, and, and I mean like a little kid, you know, like six, maybe eight years old, something like that, uh, waking up in the middle of a the night, there was a, a, you know, uh, there was an earthquake along that, that new, I think down there, they pronounce it the new Madrid. Oh, um, is that what it is? Not Madrid? That, yeah. I, yeah. I, th I think they call it Madrid. Uh, it's like, uh, Cairo, Illinois is Cairo and you know, yeah. uh, but, but, uh, there was there was an earthquake, and you know we didn't know what it was because you're not used to an earthquake in the middle of you know the midwestern U.S. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know we've had there's a couple been a of, few since then. We we've had a couple of tremors out this way as well. Um, you know, in Montreal way, that sort of thing. And you're thinking, well, that's odd. Yeah, yeah. So I lived in San Francisco for about five years. You know, you'd have them and you get used to it, but back here, it's a, it's still a novelty. Yeah. It's a novelty. Woo. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That's exactly. Everybody the next day uh, goes into work. Hey, did you guys feel the tremor? Did you guys feel it? Did you yeah. feel it? Yeah. It was an earthquake. Did you guys feel it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. My patio chair fell over. <laughs> Woohoo. Uh, the, the strongest of the tremors followed on February 7th. This was the big day, February 7th, 1812. An mm -hmm. estimated 8.8 .8 magnitude and was probably one of the strongest quakes in human history. Wow. Church bells rang in Boston, thousands of miles away from the shaking. <laughs> Brick walls were toppled in Cincinnati. In the Mississippi River, water turned brown and whirlpools developed suddenly from the depressions created in the river bend, uh, riverbed. This was nasty. Yeah. Waterfalls crazy. were created in an instant. In one report, 30 boats were tra uh, helplessly thrown over these falls, killing all the people on board. And many of the small islands in the middle of the Mississippi River permanently disappeared. Mm. Large lakes such as Real Foot Lake in Tennessee and Big Lake at the Arkansas-Missouri border were created by the earthquake as river water poured into the big new depressions. Series of large earthquakes ended in March, although there were aftershocks for a few more years. Holy wow. jumpins. Yeah. So, you know, if you're out paddling the Mississippi this summer... And things started rocking and rolling. That's right. And all of a sudden you're thinking, well, I'm supposed to be going with the current and the current's pushing back. That's right. You this got yourself right. a fluvial tsunami. Yeah. 
that's massive though. I mean, you're, you're talking now, I mean, you think the tsunami that happened, you know, um, over, was that South Asia area mm-hmm. that, um, you know, you're, you're thinking right. earthquake because earthquakes caused them, right? Yeah. Indonesia, uh, earthquakes yeah. cause these tsunamis and these big massive waves come out and just move across the land. Well, this isn't, yep. ex- isn't really that, that type of tsunami. It just changes the, the current to head the other way. Yeah. But that'd be kind of cool though, if you <laughs> were traveling up the river or <laughs> and all of a sudden you go, well, this doesn't happen every day. <laughs> and it just shoots you right up that river. It's like, That's well, right. that would have been odd. I mean, it's all on perspective, isn't it? Yeah. So that's Derek's topic of fluvial tsunamis. 1812 was the biggie. But even even the history of all the seismic activity and and everything that happened at that time and a couple of new lakes were made and everything. Mm-hmm. And and the fact that it the tremors went on for years afterwards. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't just a, a single event. I mean, you're talking December, January, February, and into March. I mean, you're talking four months these massive earthquakes were happening. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty amazing, right? Yeah, I mean, the only good thing about it was that at that time period, there wasn't big cities with uh, skyscrapers and, and all that sort of stuff, right? Yeah. They only yeah. estimate, and, and they really couldn't get an exact number because people were everywhere at the time, and but they estimate mm-hmm. there was at least like a thousand people were killed. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh. But they could it could have been a lot more too. They they don't know because they don't know who was around or right. Well, you know, and if you're talking 1811, 1812, 12, 12, yeah. that's before the the Native Americans were pushed off of a lot of the uh, would have been a lot of that land, right? Mm-hmm. So they was still been out in those areas. And then the question too is is you know what what would a death toll have been there, right, in those communities? Right. Because yeah, they wouldn't have. They wouldn't have good numbers for those. Yeah. So that's exactly it. If, if they wouldn't have those numbers. So it could, it could have been a lot more. Yeah. But just, yeah, yeah that's, that's something. It's, and, and the fact that you don't think of it happening in that area. Huh. Right. Well, and you know, it, it's, it's funny because I don't think I had ever heard that before. And, you know, you grow up in, in the Mississippi river Valley. Uh, it's kind of surprised I didn't pick that up at some point. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I bet you Braxton Barden would know that or John Rusty. Would. Yeah. Those guys would yeah. know about that down in Mississippi there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Braxton, if you're listening to this, let us know what, what you know. <laughs> let us know what you know about fluvial tsunamis. Uh, other than that, dude, I think that's the last thing. Man, we had some like smarticle particle stuff in here today. I know, right? We were using science tonight. Wow. We were sciencing it up in here today. Wow. <laughs> he used math, wow. which of course we Googled. But wow. yeah. <laughs> Googling the math and the tsunamis or science. Yeah. There was physics. Wow. I think we'll be taking next week off. <laughs> <laughs> That's why, see, Derek knew something was up. That's why he took the time off. That's right. <laughs> I get this feeling there's going to be smarticle stuff going on. But see, here's I'm the thing, skiing. right? He, you know, he's, he's a smart guy and he, you know, his job is science. And so then he, you know, he, he sort of missed it. He should have been here. Well, you think, but yeah. Yeah. he could have been Bill Nye, the science guy, but nope, nope. He decided to be Bill, we, the Mr. Ski. 
uh what else we got yeah so that's it you got anything else uh, i think that's about it outside of some event stuff huh that's all i got is events all right uh let's so let's start with the events uh winter right. in the wild at in algonquin park mew lake family day weekend this weekend february 15th to 17th 2020 winter camping fun i will be there derek will be there uh, a lot of people will be there and actually the monday is the four-year anniversary of Paddling Adventures Radio's very first episode. Wow. Yeah, February 17th, all those years ago, four years ago, <laughs> we started that. So uh, we're going to party like it's 2020 because um, <laughs> <laughs> we're just that much older now. The Toronto Outdoor Adventure Show, February 21st to 23rd at the Toronto International Centre. I will be wandering around the Saturday and Sunday I need, know Derek will be wandering around this Saturday and I will be on the Adventures in Paddling stage at 1245 on Saturday, February 22nd, talking about, uh, is it time to redefine adventure? Cool. Uh, that's, that's, uh, I'm, I'm actually getting a lot of people going, I really want to hear about that. Good. So, Good yeah, deal. It's, it's a catchy topic till they find out that it's, oh, that, that it? suckers um the quiet adventure symposium and i still want to call it the quiet water symposium yeah i know right Uh, i get i I start typing stuff out and then i go back oh change water to adventure change water to adventure (laughs) change water to adventure the quiet adventure symposium february 29th lansing michigan at the michigan state university pavilion uh, I will be there presenting at three o'clock in the Betsy River room. Derek and I will be there. We'll have a, a booth set up again so we can do some interviews with different uh, people from the, the symposium itself. And John, you have the Outdoor Kind booth right across from us. Yeah. We really need to bring like a Nerf gun or something. Um, <laughs> and you are presenting. I am presenting on outdoor and wildlife photography. And that was somewhere around one-ish, but you know, uh, Ish. I figure if you get there, you can figure that out once you're there. Yeah. They got the, they'll have all <laughs> the, um, timetables and rooms yeah. and everything there. So you can make that Walk list. Well, there. and they're even on the, on the website and their Facebook page. You, you can link yeah. all that from the quiet adventure symposium. Yeah. It's a, it's a good show. It's, um, you know, and one of the things that's different about this show is that it's, Run by a nonprofit, mm-hmm. and uh, they do they do good charitable works. And one of the things they're doing again this year, and what I really like about the show is they have a, a really great children's area. And right. I don't know of any other show that that does it to this degree. You know, where they'll have a lot, so much to do for kids. So they're building bird houses, and right now they're taking donations for children's door prizes. Which is, you know, just something really cool, right? Because they have a big, you know, uh, silent auction and door prizes and things like that. But they have a special area for kids' prizes. So I know that uh, I'm going to be buying some some children's books and donating to that because, you know, that's pretty cool for kids. They can, it is. You know, I mean, you, everybody loves winning something. But when you're a little kid, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's something they can have and look and and particularly, you know, to get 
to get books about paddling and, and nature and the national parks and things like that. So if anyone else would like to contribute and do that, uh, they can contact Linda DeCock via the Quiet Adventures Facebook page and uh, to bring something in. So it's just something that's kind of nice to be able to do for kids and, and uh, you know, just pop over there and watch them and see those big smiles on their faces because it's, it's a pretty great thing. Yeah, it is. So, you know, like baby's first axe. That's what we're going <laughs> to donate. <laughs> <laughs> little Billy's first knife. Uh, yeah, no, even our kids, like when they were little, if they'd win something like that, just watching them. And it doesn't have to be much, you know. Right. Um, just yeah. some small little thing that they win. It's the fact that they won it, you know. Exactly. And yep. yeah, their, their children's area when they're building, because we were watching them build the birdhouses last year. Yeah. And it was pretty yeah. cool just to see them being taught how to do that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yep. and so f- you know, the other thing is that if they win something there, they'll probably be playing with it in the car on the ride home. So, you know, parents. <laughs> ah, how do you keep your kid quiet on the way home? That's right. <laughs> so that's February 29th at the Michigan State University Pavilion in Lansing, Michigan. Yes. The next item is the Paddling Film Festival. We're hosting that again on Tuesday, March 10th. We're already selling a lot of tickets to that. Cool. It will be held at Drums and Flats in Ajax, Ontario. Uh, tickets are 15 bucks each. We've sold out the last couple of years. You can get your tickets on Eventbrite. Just type in Paddling Film Festival Ajax and it'll come right up. Or you can go to our Facebook page and there's a link there that'll take you right to the Eventbrite page. Uh, we're working and we should be have a, be getting some, um, uh, door prizes and stuff like that. I'm trying to convince Kevin Callan to come down this year again. He always seems to be busy or pre-scheduled or I'm going to yeah. tell, cause he's coming down to the quiet adventure symposium with us. He's driving down with us. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sucker. <laughs> and I'm going to tell him if he doesn't give us some door prizes or at least attempt to show up, then he's walking home. <laughs> that's pretty nice because you really do have them over a barrel at that point. Well, that's what I'm saying. Can you <laughs> sign here that you're going to show up for free and, and give up? Yeah, there you go, buddy. <laughs> Kevin Callan, sucker. Uh, no, you know, he's, he's got other things going as well. So if he is able to yeah. swing the time, that's great. If he can't, then, you know, we'll get Andy up there instead. There you go. Uh, Canoe Copia, March 13th to 15th in Madison, Wisconsin. That's your backyard. The yeah. Alliant Energy Center, and you will have a booth there for the outdoor we'll a, kind? Yep, we'll have the booth in the lobby, and then I'm doing uh, two presentations. Uh, I'll be doing the outdoor and wildlife photography one there, and then also we'll be talking about Texas paddling, which you know we've talked about in the past on the podcast. Right. And then on Sunday, we're also with Kevin Callen and Cliff Jacobson um, and Nick Gordon. We're going to be doing a uh, safety panel, a uh, uh, camping and paddling safety panel. So that's, I think, first thing Sunday morning. So uh, hopefully some folks will come in and, and check that out. Oh, yeah. Well, you got, you got John, uh, Kevin and um, Cliff there. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it'll be packed, yeah. dude. It'll be packed. Yeah. The Ontario Backcountry Canoe Symposium, Saturday, April 4th. I do believe it is now sold out. As of <laughs> last week, it was sold out. Wow. Uh, Theater of the Arts Building, University of Waterloo. Derek and I will be there. We'll have our booth there. Uh, we aren't presenting, and I'll actually get a chance to watch stuff. Now, are you going to be up there for the Canoe Symposium this year? 
I'm not a hundred percent sure. I have to talk to Matt and Dave about that. Um, I would like to be, but given the with some of the stuff, I think uh, with the Yukon journey, we're going to drive up. I think even earlier this year, so I might not be able to make it over. Kitoki. Um, yeah, which kind of a drag because I really like that event. It's a good event. It's it really is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, like I say, it's sold out. But keep an eye on the. Uh, Facebook page and the and their website because sometimes tickets do come up, uh, especially the webs the Facebook page they'll post hey somebody's canceled we got two tickets yep. and they'll go really fast and that's it's cool that they do that because that's actually you know not too many events will do that right yeah uh, and it's it actually makes more work for them but they do that and um, it, that's pretty great well you know what it's better to give somebody their money back and then get two other people those seats than that yeah. want to be there than have two right. empty seats, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. at the point, if, if you're not willing to do that, then you're just doing it for the money at that point. Mm, you're not, you're true. not doing it to fill the seats. Yeah. Yep. April 7th, you are on Canoe Hound Adventures, uh, the YouTube stream with Dennis. Yeah. yeah. And looking forward to that. We're going to talk about, uh, Actually, we're just going to talk about a lot of things, right? We'll be talking about some safety stuff. We'll be talking about the Yukon Journey, the Outdoor Kind. And, uh, yeah, it should be fun. Yeah, you know what? It was fun being on that show. And uh, I pop up every so often and after they do their main thing. The second, the, the first hour they talk with their guests. The second hour they get a few other people from the peanut gallery to jump online. <laughs> I've been on there a couple of times. So yeah. it's, it's a good show. Yep. And finally, the Ottawa Outdoor and Adventure Travel Show, April 18th and 19th. It's back again this year. It had been canceled for a year, so people are reali- uh, don't know that it is on. It's back on. There was uh, some issues, uh, personal issues, why it was uh, put on hold last year. Uh, it's actually been moved to the Nepean Sportsplex this year. Free entry to the show and free parking. Mm-hmm. And I will be presenting... Um, I do believe it's supposed to be two times the Saturday and the Sunday. Really? Uh, what are you going to, yeah. what, what are you presenting on there? Uh, the same thing again. Uh, the, um, is time to redefine adventure. Oh, and if I do, if they do need me to, pr- to present a second time, uh, I will probably be doing a presentation on our Moose River trip, oh. which, which sort of goes hand in hand with, uh, is it time to. <laughs> redefine adventure trip uh, mm-hmm. or uh, redefine adventure uh, presentation from the day previous. So if yeah. you've seen one, you'll want to come back and see both. Cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, that's, that's all happening. It's a busy time, a busy time of the year right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just very much so. Go, 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 go. But you know what? <laughs> that's, that's not too bad between the camping and the, all the, the shows and, and everything like that. And then by the time you just sit down and you take a deep breath for a couple of weeks, it's paddle season. Yeah. Hair before yeah. you know it. Yep. In fact, so. the, the day after Canoe Copy, I'm heading down. That's when I'll head down to the Everglades. So. And yeah, hopefully there, there's a couple of people that we've talked to as of late um, that hopefully you can hook up with them and yeah. do a little bit of the Facebook Live thing with them. Uh, if, uh, if it all works, I'm not going to say too much about it, even though I want to, but I'm not going to, because <laughs> there'll be a couple of, I think it's going to be pretty cool if it all works out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's all we got today. Nothing right. else from you? I don't know. We could make up some stuff about Derek while we have some time. You mean like that he's got that superfluous third nipple? 
<laughs> Actually, no, I wasn't going there. <laughs> it's from working at the power plant too long. <laughs> Actually, the last time I saw him, he was growing that beard. He's he's trimmed it a little bit. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. We'll see. See if I I fully expect that when he's back from skiing, it's going to be gone. Next week, it'll be gone. Do you mm. want to lay money on it? <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> he grows because in, because I know you, and he probably already has shaved it off, and you're just suckering me into a bet. No, actually, I haven't seen him since last week. Oh, okay. so yeah, okay. yeah. No, no, I'm, I may be cruel, but I'm not that cruel. <laughs> <laughs> I just say give me money. So, alrighty. Well, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can listen to us uh, at on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast download sites. If you go to paddlingadventuresradio.com and click the episode tab at the top of the page, you will find all 209 episodes. You can stream them live from there or download them to your different devices and listen at your leisure. If you enjoy the podcast, please share it with your friends and family and whoever else might be into paddling. Uh, share it on your Facebook page, all that all that great stuff. Yeah. Um, other than that, I would like to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm not Derek Specht. We'll see you next time. <laughs>